0: Jerubi shine forth. You dwell between the Jerubi shine forth. You dwell between the Jerubi shine forth. You
1: dwell between the Jerubi shine forth. We, we believe that you us. We haven't just prayed our own mind our own will or our own things but we're just responding to you based on your word that you have brought to us this morning through your daughter you said that if we abide in you and your word abide in us we will ask what we desire and it shall be done Lord I pray that our quest will rise up to you this morning in heaven I ask that you will meet the expectation of every heart as he said that the expectation of the righteous would not be cut short Amen. thank you our father we give you praise Lord we trust you to continue to speak you are already here your presence your spirit your grace your voice is here already with us we ask just take it further this morning bring more clarity and more understanding I pray let your voice sound our hearts today i pray lord every heart that is still wrestling with some of these things and still needs more conviction about these truths i ask that you will bring help today i ask for utterance by your spirit (coughs) grace wisdom skill to minister lord help me bring meekness and brokenness Lord, and make my heart a conduit, make my tongue a pen of a ready writer. I will write Your Spirit upon the hearts of Your children. Thank You, our Father. We give all the glory to Your holy name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Good. Uh, is it afternoon now? Okay, it's past twelve. Good afternoon to you. Um, please, I think you've greeted each other. Just greet again if you want to. Praise God, uh, thank you, we love you, and we're glad to have you back. Uh, I love you too, and I told you before that you can never love me as much as I love you, so I'm still winning that, that race, amen. Uh, God bless you, thank you for the word uh, you brought to us today. Uh, it's a good, um, good steering about what um, the emphasis is. Uh, of the season is, you know, um, upon the Lord is very particular about our, the shape that our hearts are taking um, as he is bringing resources of heaven uh, to us. Praise God. Uh, let's just open the Bible um, to, let's, let's go to um, Genesis, Genesis. Genesis chapter 1. Glory to God. Are you there in Genesis? Are you sure? Okay, let's read. Um, From verse 1, it said, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good and god divided light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day and God said let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters and God made the firmament and divided the waters which were... I uh, was, uh, while, the Lord, while the Lord God, this is God himself, the creator, um, creating the, um, what the, the Bible calls it, the first, the first creation. You know, in the book of Revelation 22, when the new heaven and the new earth appeared, He said, I saw a new heaven and the new earth, and said, for, thee, for the first heaven and the first earth had what? had passed away. Praise God. Um, but in creation, we see there is I think in the words of the text there is the there's a sense that we are getting about God's God not just creating. He didn't just continue creating. He was creating and he was he was almost checking and evaluating his creation praise god he will, he created first the first thing he did after there was void there was darkness the spirit of god was moving and he said let there be light and when there was light after that god didn't go further so right away The first thing the Bible says that he saw the light. That word, last saw, I believe it means. Last saw, I believe it means he observed the light almost like qualitatively. He he checked the light that he called to come forth and he saw that it was good. Then he went on to do other things. you see the same kind of attitude continue towards, you know, as he was creating. He kept checking what he was doing. And so these things are not just there for, um, they're not just there for rhetorical purpose or they have every word of the Bible has a function because it's it's written by the spirit. Praise God. So there is a reason why they let us know that God was looking at his creation with a qualitative sense to check that what he was bringing forth was what? Was good. Praise God. And when he created man on the sixth day, I think, um, then he said for man that it was, let's see, what verse was that? Is it thirty? Okay, after man, and then at the end, he said he was very good, and then the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Praise God. Um, now, this concept of goodness, this, the reason why it's key is because you see, the Bible is actually full of the idea of goodness. Um, recent times where you know, people make silly arguments like, you know, everything will end in the end. Well, everything means nothing <laughs> because uh, we all—you will die anyway. And after dying, those who don't believe in afterlife and things like that, you know, that kind of those kind of statement, and uh, it's a—it's like an in, a disingenuous kind of excuse to live without care or to live without. You know, a sense of quality or a standard, a standardless living. Praise God. So, standardless living is like a, is a dream that men have, but it's not really possible because what you find is that the the lives of people who are living this way, they are marked with um, some sort of endeavor to meet a standard, whether it's conscious or subconscious or something created by society or a standard which they inherited from their own parents you know, from their environment of some sort. Glory to God. So, so the thing is that everybody is trying to define their life relative to what? To a standard, right? But what standard is it? The problem with the standard is that most people don't consciously know what standard they are trying to live according to. And also, when someone says, I'm living according to this standard, it doesn't mean that's the standard they are living to. It's really difficult to find what is behind you know, the reason, the highest ideal in the hearts of men. Sometimes you have to actually observe the person for some time and check what things they do. Glory to God. To to see what the standard they are living by. Amen. Um, but we, what this Genesis is showing us is, um, you know, in the book of Revelation, there was something, the, 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 um, Revelation chapter four, verse, verse 11, okay. Verse 11, that was the, the elders, right? Verse 10, it says, The four and twenty elders fell, fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast what? Created all things and then for thy word pleasure Pleasure they created so the word pleasure he means good here to be pleased with something means you find goodness in it like what makes you pleased with something is because to you in your in your, your inward standard you find it good do you see them? So, uh, this pleasure, see, for thy pleasure they are created. So, you can tie the, um, the pleasure of, you, you cannot separate the pleasure which creation generates from the creator himself. That's what this verse is trying to say. It's trying to say that. There is actually a standard of goodness. That how you determine what is good or the quality which you aspire to is not something that you can... It's not relative, right? It's not relative and it's not something that the creature can define by himself, right? It is actually him who created and you can see that God sense when he was creating, he didn't create without an expectation. That's one of the sights of that Genesis chapter one. That's what they were trying to tell us there when they were showing us that he kept watching and checking if it's good. He kept checking, is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Is it good? Praise God. So this, this verse is very, very Apt and so said, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast what created all things. And for thy what pleasure they are and were created. So all this means is that everything that is created has an inherent mandate to be good. Praise God. Do you understand me? That everything what? Everything created has an inherent what? It has an inherent mandate to be good. It is not, you can't escape that. Nobody can escape. Nobody can escape God's um, mandate. Initially, God was quite rash and strict about it in a sense. After a while, he just wiped everybody away. Apart from how many were they, it says eight souls. Right. Why he did that, the Bible put it in Genesis chapter 6 that his spirit was striving with man. Right, his spirit was striving constantly. It was out of that striving of his spirit with man that he wanted to, change, to remove everything because he looked at the earth and said that men are not good on the earth. Men are evil. So if you are not good you, you you are if you are not good you are you don't have claim to your existence you don't have your the the the, the purpose of your existence is hanging by a thread That's why God reserves the right, he has the right to, he can take what he made, he can burn it in fire, he can do anything with it. We know that the present creation will end up being destroyed by fire. So he said, what manner of persons ought we to be? In Peter, amen, in all our conversations and all of that, glory to Jesus. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. So that thing of being good you know in that Genesis chapter six he said that um, my spirit will no longer strive with men because he also is flesh and yet his days shall be what 120 years you see God said I can't even give you much time to let's shorten your your days right God shot in the days of man if you go on later where he began to speak about all the imaginations of his heart. Ah, See, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only what? Evil, continually. So this means that God was, um, for the Lord to reach this conclusion... It means he kept trying to check for me- what he was looking for in man where can I still see measure of goodness? He knew that evil has come. He knows that bad has come. He knows that sin has come. But he kept tarrying for generations. As long as he could find some goodness, he, he still found there's a reason for you to be here if we still find some goodness in your heart. But he got to a point. He said that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continually, not not just momentarily, but what continually. That word continually has to do with a particular kind of strength of evil. It is not just sin alone; it is sin that continues, a sin that perpetuates is a kind of a quality of sin. Not every sin has this kind of strength. Amen. Amen. It's not every sin in the heart that can continue, con- that can be there in the heart. Says so that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You know, do you understand what I mean? Now sin is so it's clear that this level of evil was beyond just being worldly or being a little bit carnal yes, because just a bit of worldliness doesn't continue. Right, it doesn't doesn't have there's a kind of a strength power that makes evil to stay on the heart and just continue in the heart. There are many things that can stop sin. Sometimes nature can stop sin. Do you get that? Just the the inherent nature, I mean, that comes from that Adamic spring, if it's still remaining in the heart, there will be a level that sin will get to, say, hey, stop, you can't go further. This is actually bad. Don't do this. So it means that such a sin that nature can still constrain is is slower than this kind of sin. Glory to God. And the purpose of the striving of the spirit of God with the heart of men is so that sin doesn't, you know, increase and sin doesn't grow and prosper to a point where sin continues. Where evil or sin in the heart continue, and the thing is that every sin has the ability to get to this place if it's not unchecked, if it's not dealt with. Praise God! Hallelujah. So he said, The every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was what was only what evil, what continually glory to God. You clear that evil is the opposite of good, you can say, You can say, bad. But the Bible uses evil a lot. So when you say it was only evil, it means that there was no good found in the heart. that The heart was void of good. Praise God. The heart, the heart lacked good. Let's, let me read that place. That is Genesis chapter 6. Amen. So verse, that's verse five, right? Then verse six said that it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his what? Heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. You see that? Both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repented me that I have what? Made them. You see, so uh, God was still looking with that his judgment, the same kind of judgment he was using in just chapter one. Before he looked and he saw he was very good. At this point, when he looked again at this time, he said, I am now repenting that I created, that you are making me regret creating. So, but the Bible says that no found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. Now, this finding of grace in the eyes of the Lord is not saying um, that maybe the Lord was partial towards Noah. But there's a way you can see it and be like, okay, everybody was bad, but Noah, God just, there was just something about him that God liked. Uh, but it's not that. What they are telling you is that... Um, it says in the eyes of the Lord so when he says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord he's saying actually Noah will not find grace in the eyes of the Lord if he wasn't gracious right it was it was the grace that was still in him you know that what causes evil or sin to continue is lack of grace That's what the New Testament now began to teach us later on, right? That it's actually grace, that grace is the answer to sin. Praise God. So grace was what means that Noah had grace inside of him. So and then that grace, when God sees him, when the eyes of the Lord behold him, what happens? he He was able to find grace in Noah, glory to God, and so the Lord saved Noah and decided to wipe out everybody else on the earth. Amen. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So this thing of being of good um, is something that every person must, must strive to come to. It's not something that you should. If anybody who ignores being good We'll regret it. If we are going by the Bible, if we want to go by the Bible, um, Amen. Yeah. Everybody who ignores being what good will do what we we'll regret. We'll re- we'll regret it. Why would you regret it? Because um, anything that is not good is um, is you are putting yourself. That's what sin does. Sin um, makes the purpose of sin is to move the soul away from the the gaze of God. That gaze is like the is to move the soul to shift you out of the attention of God. And that is not a switch that you flip, it's gradually, it's push, it pushes you. Sin tries to push the sword into a corner when it comes to, because there's something about God. You say, my eyes will not behold iniquity. There are many things about these eyes. You see these eyes that he's saying, we're looking at here, the same eyes which, which he used to see in chapter one and said it was good. So if that eye, and so if God sees iniquity, or iniquity sounds like a big word, you know, but I'm just saying when God sees something that is not good, there's a, there's a reaction against it. There's a way he reacts. So, so a lot of times God will say, instead of to give this thing a chance, let's shift it aside from my, from my presence, from, from my vicinity. Do you get that? The, the more sin, that's one of the, the thing that's how you, that was the effect of sin right from the beginning. So as soon as, soon as he sinned, God started a different program altogether. He's how to shift Adam far away. Let's move them. Let's give them some gap from, from me. Do you see that? That was how he took, sent them out of the garden. You can't really stay in the garden now. You will stay outside of the garden. And they must have looked at them and said, okay, you've, you have some sin, but you're able to keep it from prospering. So because of that, I will still keep you within my presence. You will stay within my presence still. But even though you are outside the paradise which I created for you, but you will stay with my presence outside. But Cain took on that sin. That's where these, these guys here, they were descendant, descendants of Cain. And he took sin and began to prosper with sin. And what the sin do? Sin had to move him. Away from what the the presence of God. Amen. Amen. When we say sin, it's easy. We've learned that from Sunday school that when you sin, sin takes you far away from God. But I want to use to use a more educated language now, that is more inclusive of our our, our you know our mind, our conscious mind. It is, don't just see, it's seen, but think about it as anything that doesn't qualify as good. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, Anything that is not good, it pushes the creature away. It makes the creature unworthy of the presence. The word presence means the, the faces of God, it means that those faces are all their judgment faces with which God uses. So He uses it to is one of the things that His creatures is supposed to enjoy. Right? Every creature that is good is supposed to be enjoying the faces of God. Right? Because there's something about God's face. When God's face interacts with the with the creature, there's a fellowship and a communion which should be ongoing. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, but but the face of god that same face which or that same face of presence which is designed to be enjoyed by that which is good so every creature that is good has a it has an inheritance in the face of god every creature that is good has something which they need to enjoy out of God's face is an interaction that God's supposed to have with thing, good things like when he made man and man was very good he couldn't stop himself from coming to man in the garden he kept coming to man in the, the Bible says in the cool of the day he came to the garden that was his presence coming to fellowship so you're seeing two sides of this that goodness goodness attracts the presence of God Goodness calls for the presence of God. Goodness makes God available. Goodness makes God come. Goodness is actually the, is the secret that of what facilitates and enables fellowship with God. Only things that have quality, only beings, only creatures that have the quality of goodness can actually do what? Enjoy fellowship with God. Praise Jesus. Well, you, you see the flip side of that face is that once that face, anything falls below the standard of good, if God is trying to save it, he will push it aside. <laughs> he will move that entity Away, it's. I will just plainly put it, he will move it outside his presence. Anything that God doesn't find good, God moves outside his presence. He takes it out of his presence and keeps it away from the
0: presence.
1: And I'll explain to you why. Why is because anything that if... Because if a creature without goodness stays in the face of God, it, the way the Bible puts it, it catches fire. It burns. That is, the, that is what we call fire from God. When we say that, the Bible says our God is a consuming fire. It's not everything he consumes, but there are things he consumes. His, his, his face, his presence is designed to consume certain things. What you call the eternal fire is actually, is a, is that eternal fire is a, is, a, is a side of response from him. Because you know that at the end, God will feel everywhere. There will be no space again. Do you understand that? There will be no what? Space. So it means that within the, the, the zone of his presence, there will be a fire zone where everything that doesn't have goodness quality will what they call that you see that eternal fire is 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 for um, is, the eternal fire is reserved for creatures do you know that it's reserved for creatures that have um, for creatures that that oh, that have found themselves beyond the salvation program It's there for it's reserved for creatures for whom there remains no more sacrifice, no more remedy to their bad state do you get what I'm trying to say there is no longer a space now, the the eternal, um, the eternal world. Um, you, you know, God initially, God before, before heaven and the earth was created, the the New Testament makes us understand that, there, before the creation of the physical and even the spiritual realm of heaven and then the physical realm of earth, there was something that exists called heights and there's depth. The height existed first, depth existed. You, you understand that? There was what height and then there was what? And there's depth. So in the context of height and depth, what you call height and depth, encapsulates all the, all the, all the space. Do you get what I'm saying? Height and depth encapsulate what? All the space. Uh-huh, all the, all the, all the space of, of existence, I can put it that way. This is just Bible sense, I'm telling you. What we call height and depth is all the what? All the, it's very clear that height and depth must have come out from God. Right? Do you see that? And I don't believe height and depth were created. I think it, just, it came. I believe God has height in him and God has depth in him. And, and then god brought out brought it out from him He just okay let's put height height and depth outside of me and then let's cre- bring creature into that space and let's put creatures in their different places in that space of height and depth do you get what i'm saying yes, one thing that will happen at the end is that god will eventually bring height and depth back into himself And at that time, he will feel all things. He will feel everywhere. Do you get what I'm saying? Check the language of Ephesians chapter 4. Thank you. He said that he that descended is the same that also ascended up far above all heavens. So if he's ascending above all heavens, he's moving beyond heaven. Where is the space where he's ascending? He has passed heaven, he's still ascending. He's in the realm of heights. But the reason for that, for that is ascension, is for the feeling of all things. I know that he not only ascended, he had descended first. He, had, he, he fulfilled the ascension. For now, he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He didn't just descend into the earth. He actually went, that lower part, he went beneath the earth. How do I know? In Philippians, they were speaking about the name. His name above every other name, put in hot heaven, earth, and then what? Beneath the earth. Glory to Jesus. Do you understand that? (laughs) That the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of things, so think about things in heaven. Now, where is heaven? Heaven is a position in the height. Right? The earth is in the mid-realm. Then there is, there are now things under. So things in heaven, things in the earth, and then things under the earth. Glory to God. So Jesus was exalted above all. That So the, the, the language of saying that he might feel all things is the same thing as saying that he might become it might come into his eternal inheritance or his eternal estate that's another word language for eternal is he that is able to feel all things that is the the quality only eternal you see that when it's a feel at all things it means both height and depth there's only one kind of entity where that that is larger than than height and depth is God because that, that came out of Him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, so, if to raise a, a soul to feel all things, do you, do you believe what I'm, I'm saying to you? Yes, okay, you believe it. Can you believe it? Yes, sir. Uh, don't just try to understand everything because if you don't believe it, you will not understand the things I want to say later. Uh, you know, that's how the Bible is. <laughs> so, if you say you want to understand everything and all that, you might not work. Something is. Most things, you use faith to hold them. Then later, understanding will come. Do you get that? That's how you should be used to that by now. Praise God. We're not scientists. We are spiritual people. That's why we are not wearing lab coats. Um, scientists, they have faith too. They believe, but they see first before they believe. What makes you different is that you believe so that you can see. Uh-huh. So praise God. So, so he wants Jesus, of course. When they made Jesus, Jesus was raised. Jesus is no, not just Jesus is not just good. Jesus is not just everlasting. Jesus right now is eternal. He's an eternal son. When he's in heaven, but he's bigger than heaven. He's higher than heaven. He's better than heaven. Praise God. Jesus is an eternal man. That's why you should be careful, and you should not. You should understand what that resurrection power is. It's power, imagine something that can make a man eternal. It's not (laughs) a trivial thing. I love that, which God wrought in Christ. He calls it the exceeding greatness of his power. When they say it's exceeding greatness, it's telling you that there's nothing that the greatness doesn't exceed. It is excellent beyond definition. It's not 100%. There is no chart to put it. It is, it is, um, it is exceeding. It's an exceeding means it's continually excellent. Do you get what I'm saying? The only way you can try to conceive it is think of him like an, like an ever-expanding creature. That's the way you can think about God. That's the universe is a type of God because the scientists they say that what is observed about the universe is that it's it's constantly expanding means you can never meet up with it and it's expanding at a pace that's quicker than any 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 the race of any Explorer the universe is expanding faster than than the speed of light or the speed of light in the physical is the measurement of observation. You can't observe anything that is faster than the speed of light. So anything that goes faster than the piece of light, speed of light disappears. Do you understand? Sorry, I'm not trying to be too scientific. Because light, is the, light is, the, is the tool of observation, right? For you to see something, photons must hit it and come back to your eyeballs. Right? So if you're trying to a photon wants to hit something, okay. but that thing is moving faster than light, there's no way to observe. Amen. Yeah. Anyway, that's why it is it is very weak to base your your life, your existence based on science. Okay. Science science by definition, science has its limits interwoven into 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 it. Right, when you look at the, the concept of optics, observation, right, that, that thing called speed of light is a, is a limit that science can never overcome.
0: Yes, sir.
1: So if the science tells, scientists tell you, oh, we've, we've practiced, we've observed, we've not seen anything, ask them, have you observed things faster than light? Ah. Or are you assuming there's nothing like that? <laughs> So you know we are only in the scope of things we've been able to observe but we should that's why we must not conclude matters about god praise jesus so so this exceeding greatness of his power towards also believe according to the working of his mighty power verse 20 which he did what which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and then set him at his own right hand where It's very clear. He was set in heavenly places. You see that he was raised from the dead, but but he was set. So Jesus was not raised into the right-hand place in heavenly places. He was raised. Then the, the God now said, okay, let's set you somewhere right now in the present. But... Ephesians 4 tells us that he went higher. He actually filled all things. That he might fill all things. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But what will happen in, towards the end, if you go read the Bible, you'll realize that they will take heaven and earth. He will bring his face. That the bringing in of his face... Is when he will God will want to bring everything back into Himself. Is he, is according to a walking whereby there's the way the Bible put it where he he ah, who knows that scripture according to the walking um yeah yeah yeah. Jesus, help me. Amen. Praise God. Okay. So he will, he will bring everything back to himself. And what was, what is that? He won't, he's going to take every space. So when he does that, you will just see some things will just begin to, to catch fire. Some things will just begin to light up. Just begin to burn. Because you're not giving them chance anymore. You, you're not giving things any space to exist. So it means that you get to a point where every creature will exist in a amen every creature not this (laughs) the indispensation of the fullness of times may gather together in in one this is part of it all things in heaven and which are on earth even in him Amen. amen all things in Christ this is part of it but this is not the the full the full thing there's another verse oh thank you who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned, that's Philippians 3, right? Like unto his what? Glorious. glorious body. Now, do you see this glorious body here? The, the people who, when, when those who, not every saint will be fashioned according to his glorious body. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, they made us know that the resurrection of the dead will be according to levels right you have of stars they all define glory they don't have their glory right so every person will will come into a state of glory but there is what to call his glorious body that is him That's the lord jesus himself he has there is the fashion of his own glorious body it's very clear that his own body has an eternal fashion. Yes. His glorious body has an eternal fashion. One of the one of the powers of eternal eternal beings is the ability to it's a is something that is with them. It's actually one of their power ability to descend. Ability to become smaller ability to fit into a smaller space that was we saw that attitude right from the beginning once they they began it was a dissension once you see a beginning was a coming down from an ever from an eternal estate coming into an everlasting sort of estate which was already a dissension and they can descend further after god found a way to descend even more right the nature of the state of Christ is a dissension then God taking on the fashion of a man was also a kind of dissension then that man after a while, went to hell and went to the depths That's God for you is a power It's not not everybody can descend try and tell Lucifer to descend you know, discover that the power of descending what does it mean to descend to take on a place that is beneath your form To take a position that is what beneath your form the highest power of such ability is in the the eternal nature that's one of the the powers of the eternal nature is to take that form praise Jesus so that's why Jesus after after being raised and everything he was able to come in his body right they were able to put their hand in his hands they're able to touch him. You wonder, do you mean that this guy I'm touching now is eternal? He's an eternal being, he's, he's higher than the heavens. And he can just sit with me and I can, you can eat fish together. That's a sign of the, the, praise God, eternal. Yes. Those are very powerful things. The devil will struggle to do it. That's where they get it, satan in those kind of behavior. Those are the kind of things he couldn't calculate about God. He never thought about it, never, that God will become flesh. The Logos can become flesh and dwell among men, and they then beheld, they will behold His glory. That's what that's the secret of salvation. That's what makes God eternally more powerful, eternally above Satan. He can do things that are impossible for the devil to do. That's a secret a sign that you are ascending is your ability to descend. If you only know how to stay here, you are weak. It's a secret of the kingdom, right? Is a is a is a law of the kingdom. Jesus taught that when he was teaching and they asked him who will be the greatest in the kingdom. Is he's actually the least, is is according to powers of dissension. It's according to powers. It was calibrating. The, it's in the, the kingdom is divided according to abilities. What ability? The ability to be little. That, that is how they actually, when you see dividing of the kingdom, is littleness capacity. So that, that will tell you that descending is powerful. The ability to descend. Glory to Jesus. Said, so except you be converted as be as little children, you won't enter into the kingdom. So unless you have the ability of being, you must have some littleness ability for you to enter the kingdom. But he that can then become as this little child will be the greatest in the kingdom. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Um, that's one of the signs also of salvation. Salvation is not measured in your ability to abound alone, but your ability to be abased, your ability to be low. Glory to God. You see, the way that they save all mankind is through, they have to send the person who will save all of men, the way he will do it is he must come down, be among them. He must be the vilest. They must make him the vilest of them all. They must put him side by side by the most wicked, the lowest element of society. And those ones, they will not free the other guy, means that Jesus is even worse than him, right? And uh, glory to God. And he must be, he must be made poor. He must be made little. Jesus suffered every shame. There's no shame that you ever suffer that Jesus did not suffer. You've not suffered his own kind of shame. Do you get that? You don't understand what I'm trying to say. You say I've been naked before. Okay, you've been naked before, but relative to what? Did you come from eternity? What are you comparing your nakedness with? (laughs) And you know that Jesus when they when they began to give him the dose of those things, they made sure he had he had at that point he had come into full awareness of who he is. if it would have been easier for Jesus at 12 to die because he was still investigating, learning about his own himself, where he came from. But by this time when Jesus went to the cross and he was spat on by men and and beaten and flogged and dragged on the floor and reviled and insulted by men by that time heaven made sure that he had come into full consciousness of who he is. It was with that mind so let his mind be in you, which was, which was also in Christ. Who, being in the form of God, they are telling you his consciousness. Do you see that? Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness. Now, these things they are telling you, They are not just saying, they are are telling you about his mind now. There are things that happen, like the Logos becoming flesh. It wasn't the Logos coming into Mary's stomach. It wasn't Logos that came into Mary's stomach. It was just a seed that can become a person. Now, this mind of him that was in him, they are telling you the mind with which he was walking, daily right? it was the mind that Jesus had on the inside of himself so go back let's see verse 6 so you see this, this word whom being in the form of God now this word being in the form of God here is not speaking about when the logos was inside God in the eternal past that that was the form of God that is not what they are saying. That was true. Because in the beginning was the Logos. The Logos was with God. And the Logos was God. That's not what I'm spe- they are speaking of here. What they are speaking of here is they are telling you his mind. While he was on the earth. Right? It is the way you see it. it as, ah, maybe the Logos was inside God in the eternal and then they decided. There's that one. But well, this is not that's not what the one they are saying here. What they are telling you here was while he was on the earth and he was in the form of God, after he had, he had he had he had in inside himself who being in the form of God, he thought it not robbery. This this coin word here is saying that what does it mean of thought it not robbery? It is the time when he's uh, the, the, that aspect of who he was, his divinity, had had come into his consciousness, and he he had begun to see the zone of his equality with God. He had, it had he taught it, not robbery. That he's saying that, you know, there's a there's a level that will also give you an insight into his develop, his mind development. There's a time that when he thinks God. And if he tries to equate himself, you feel like he's a robber. Like he's stealing what does not belong to him. But he kept growing. There was a day when he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Not by assuming things, it's that seeing the way it is that this is who I am. I'm not taking, I'm not usurping anything. It is actually who I am. While he was on the earth, he came into this state. All of this, he came into the consciousness of this thing while he was preparing to be beaten by men. So, so we need to you need to understand who decided to go to the cross. You need to you need to get that concept. It wasn't just some guy from Galilee. Praise Jesus. Verse five, verse seven, Amen. He said, but then he made, it's a conscious thing while he was there. Having known all those things, he made himself of no reputation. Took upon him the form of his servant and was made in the likeness of man. Means he allowed the, he closed down the other side and he was seen. And he said, let me bring my man's side and settle into that place. As little as that place is, I'm going to settle into that place. Glory to God. Now.
0: Praise
1: God, okay. Can we get the interpretation of that?
2: that banner is the pratenata kefiot power frepto power amion to power power efian to cost to see you power ventio power. 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 power for this is power it is power it is my power. It is power. It is, power it is power it is power it is power i'm showing you power the meaning of power the reality of power the definition of power i am showing you power. Power! I am showing you power. This is my power. This is the eternal power. It is eternal power. To lost Galia, Vrentalia, Brostiga, Regalia of power. Regalia of power. Regalia of power. I bring you the regalia of power. I want to put on you the regalia of power, the power, the power, it is power, it is the working of the eternal power, it is working of power, for even meekness and lowliness is an eternal strength, it is a strength, it is a power, it is the working of power, I'm showing you power, I'm opening power, even the Power that is in me the power that is in me. I am opening power Thank you, Jesus Now um,
1: What they are showing us here is not just a, a frame of mind Do you get that he, so at first he had a mind he taught certain things, but verse 7 is not telling you what made So it's not just my, it's not, Jesus wasn't just, let me try and see myself like men, no. Jesus was, um, Jesus, He, he wasn't just trying to be like men. He made himself of no reputation. That was, in him, in his soul he he made himself his soul take a shape that has no reputation what this thing means is deep very deep very, when jesus i want you to think about jesus first of all as a the kind of ability that he has It means that he has the ability to go into any room on the earth and have a conversation with anybody about anything and be the smartest person in the room. But he was never doing, he never did that. He never did. He he had the ability to make himself the most glorious being. The most beautiful entity. Do you get that? He had powers. What are the kind of example of power he had? He had power of... Soul, um, soul transformation or um, it could be anything, right? You know how someone might want to be, ah! If I can just I can speak grammar like the other guy. Or if I can just be as sociable. If I can just be as, as charismatic. If I can just, you know, think about all the things. Maybe when you go for your work performance review, all the things they say you are lacking. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes all of those things, you just cry, you just give up. You know that this one is tied to your who you are. You know that this is me. I am you. We can't change. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm talking about limitation. We, we have limitations of persons, of, of our, how we are, intelligence. All of those things. It means that Jesus would have shut down some things, would bring down some things. He wasn't pretending. He said he made himself of no reputation. Jesus made it such that he must not shine according to the world level of shining. He mustn't shine according to that level. He put himself in a, in a place where he must still depend on the spirit for many things. He didn't have the encyclopedia of the world in his head. He made himself so that if he stands to teach, he must wait for utterance still to preach. He made it such that there must be nothing about him that is. Uh, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. If not, it will be a Ojuru. Can, they can't tell you to do what? It means that when it measures IQ, it will blow the chart. They will say that we, we don't have any no jesus was not like that it means that if you check his iq in that sense he not like he use the tunnel power to make himself the smartest guy no he wasn't anything that are the the measuring sticks of men In the book of isaiah 53 say so he had no he had no form of comeliness that was comeliness what what endears you to somebody that Ah, this guy is nice, so hey, what a guy. He didn't have natural comeliness. Praise God. Uh, Isaiah 53 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should what, desire him. He made himself to be like this. uh uh-huh. So when they say that he this and said that it's not idea, you know, that's the kind of idea you have. You know, you know yourself. You know the, the things that you have invested in. You, you know, you can open your own soul and you like some things there, and you just be checking it regularly. This this thing is beautiful, and you be wondering, people seen all these things inside of me? But when you come among brethren, you just act as if. <laughs> that's not the type of this thing. Praise Jesus, but they now say that let this mind also do what, let this mind be in you. Glory to God. Praise Jesus. According to the, His vile body, fashion. Let's go back to Philippians chapter. Is it sorry? Um, Philippians three, that who shall what change our our vile body that it may be fashioned like what? Like unto his glorious body. Now, how do I also know that Jesus made himself that way? It's because he he could die. You see, I, no one taken my life from me, I'm the one who have the power to lay down and take it. So it means that, I remember they said that they would tear the temple down. Everything, Jesus allowed it for it to be torn down, so that God would raise it back up again. He made himself subject to his father. That, Lord, I will, let, I will, I will, I will abase myself, I will bring myself down, and become nothing, and I will put my, myself in your hand. If you choose, you can raise me back up again. Do you get that? Now, tell me, why? See that prayer, who in the days of his flesh, what did he do? He offered up Prayers, supplications, with vehement crying to him that is able to save him from death because he has done something. Right, he has, he has put his, himself in the mercy of the Father. Do you understand? There's something here to get. Do you know that it took 30 something years to build that temple? Yes, it, it took 37 years to do what? 30 something years to build that temple. He did. And he made himself into a place where it can easily be torn down. It was, uh, what I'm seeing is Jesus, you see those years of his ministry, all those years, it was very towards the end of his ministry, he, he got to a point where the things he was doing, nobody could see them.
2: Okay, that's cool. Time. Brata bagadosta, brahma sagata, vra Alabatosa brata gadagadossi valia brostiga, macriata pa malita va brohutaga, rabase rigata maurigota, araba Bozonte atiga, oregata regata ga, rabosa Lita Bata Lita Bata Lita ta emagosotata la bagadova Gelibra ata, ligra Atemata Ovrati vakta, alabra ate Rantaga Rosebati aga randiga zopre ate. Vretete libro, ganta la zatania bronte. Elegrita la masbata. Opra ate li te li te li te li. mecateli, le tiom to tell the secret. I've come to tell the secret. I've come to tell the secret, the great secret, the great secret, it is a secret. It is a secret. It is my secret. It is my secret. It is my secret i am come to tell. I've come to tell my secret, my secret, my secret. It is my secret. It is my secret. It is my secret. It is the secret of the son. It is the secret of son. It is the Son's secret. It is the Son's secret. It is the secret of the Son. I have come to give Son's secret. I have come to tell Son's secret. I have come to tell Son's secret for it is the secret that even the God of this world has no clue about. He has no clue about. He can't even see it. He can't even see it. It is my secret for it is my secret. It is the secret of how he came and he found nothing in me. It is my secret. It is my secret. It is the secret of I and the Father. It is the secret between I and the Father. It is that secret that the Father gave me. It is my secret. It is secret. I've come to show secret, says the Spirit of the Lord.
1: Praise God. Um, so, there was a time, clearly, that Jesus was pre- began to prepare himself for the cross. Uh, he has done his earthly ministry to a point. When it, comes, when it came to doing the works of inheritance, every single work that is in the book that was written concerning him. He had finished them. I mean all the works about God's standard, all the standard the Father showed to him. I know that every work, there's no work without inheritance. Like I said, like as he, he was walking, he began to move into a divine consciousness of many things. Like imagine, imagine what has happened inside his soul and then imagine the 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 power or the the power that will be discharged into his body jesus. i'm talking about pre resurrection yes. pre death and resurrection yes, that body of jesus the kind of power by virtue of his works do you understand by virtue of it, the works he was doing the works of the divine life which he was doing the, the obedience he was doing the amount of power being generated. Right? We saw it manifests like when you're walking on water. Those are not ordinary things. And they are not like miracles or gifts of the Spirit. It's something speaking to the wind, obeying his voice. There something about those, that voice that calms the wind. He didn't pray for an angel. So, you know, the way Elijah would pray, let heaven. Oh, you understand they're probably angels cooperating with him. He prayed and prayed, they held the rain, he prayed again, they went to Jesus was not like that. He just spoke to the wind. Hey, wind. Peace be still. It was not anointing. There's no gift of the spirit like that. It was it was those are strange things that occurred to Jesus. It was a kind of man that he was because of the, the works of his soul. There were things discharged into him, even into his physical body. Jesus was beyond killing. You can't kill that kind of person. Right? So in the language of even just the apostles, you can see the same language. Paul said, I, I too, I'm, you know, after I said, I'm, I'm ready to go now. I'm deciding to go. They tried to kill him many times. What about John? They did everything. They couldn't kill him. They left him and banished him to an island. Praise God. So how much more Jesus? Are you seeing that his body? So that will tell you that he got to a time when he began, he began to prepare to go to the cross. And in preparing to the cross, to go to the cross, he said, let's tear this temple. and Let's do some things to it. Let's... let's, let's let's remove some things praise God you know they've tried to catch him before they couldn't he just passed between their midst what kind of thing is that <laughs> do you get that now do you, to do that is not ordinary to, to me I'm seeing divine power at work to be able to do that that was the height. So, almost in a way, you can see all of his ascension in works was to make his dissension, his abasement possible. For to be able to give, it's easy to give your temple to be torn down. You no, know, he calls it a temple. It means he kept watching as they were removing things from him. You just take some things. Away. It's possible that maybe some time before that, that thing. If you try and nail his hand, the nail might not enter. I'm sorry, you might be like, "Ah, why are you going to?" I'm just telling you. This is how I see it. To... Right? I think so. I think it's possible. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's quickly just go back to that. Changing his vile body. So, um, your vile body, sorry. Who shall change your vile body? Philippians 3, verse 21. That it might be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to then the working whereby he is able to subdue all things. Unto. So, this working of being able to subdue all things unto himself is an eternal working. Only an eternal person can all things be sub, subdued to. Is an eternal state, an eternal quality that all things can be subdued unto himself. So what I was just trying to say was that at the end, when this happens, when there is no, when everything has been filled, there is no other space. You now begin to see that all creatures are in categories, and creatures they they cause different reaction from the eternal nature. some draw out fire. It's called the eternal fire. That et- it's called the et- lake of fire. is called the eternal fire. That eternal fire is not outside. The eternal being he's <laughs> yeah. not it didn't come from the devil yeah. devil is inside it will be inside it <laughs> right they will throw him into the lake of fire so it means that that, that eternal fire is a is, is this is a kind of dis, is a is a fire of of consumption destruction that comes out of the person yeah the presence the face that that fire is the negative reaction of the creator towards his creation his creation that chooses to eternally to embrace to embrace being bad and forsake all the remedy that has been provided when God says it, that's what it's, it's called—destruction. Yes, right? That's the, the end of being bad. Is when you became, become bad beyond repair. When something is bad beyond repair, that thing has now been destroyed. Right? When it has been destroyed, that state only calls from what for fire. But anything that is that is not bad beyond repair states. House is it is bad? It's It must be outside the presence. That's what I want to teach. I want you to understand. That nothing. That the only things you find in the presence of God are good things. You must be good to come into his presence. So that face of God. Remember they showed him. the face of God, before whom face, the heavens and the earth fled. Right? He spoke about the face of him who, right? Now, do you know that before that face is, is unveiled to all, there will be a time to be unveiled to all creatures, any creature, both material, immaterial, human beings, soul, spirit, soul, body. All, everybody will be exposed to that face. That's how you tell who is who at some point. So it's that, it's to, that, that thing, that, that, that great day of the Lord, that is the day that Peter was warning you that you should be careful about. Hey, go and check what manner of person ought you to be in all kind of conversation. Let's please quickly read that thing, quick, please. Before, um, glory to God. Now, do you know this kind of preaching? There's an attitude to this kind of preaching. Hey, doomsday... That you are preaching. Um, you know that kind of thing where you feel like <laughs> story, this is going to happen. You no know, men always have this kind of reaction to things like this, but that's the exact same way Noah's peers were reacting when he kept telling them for a long time. After a while they said, Noah, we've been here for how many years now? And it's not time for this flood to come. They didn't know that God was giving them chance. didn't you know that God was giving them a chance to to change their ways and that's God for you like God is giving humanity a chance still he's sending preachers warning about see, this thing that we are warning concerning this day of the Lord it will come yes. the same way the flood came eventually
0: yes, sir. Yes,
1: sir. that is the they many men will be disillusioned, you know? Men who believe that because you don't see it means it doesn't exist. There will be a day that illusion will be broken. You begin to see that the, the natural world is subject to the spiritual. Praise God. In Second Peter chapter 2, they are, let's read it because he also speaks about the attitude I'm, I'm addressing. Of, let's see verse one, second Peter 2 verse one. It says, that this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord, of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue, as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were over old, and the earth standing out of water and in water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, he's giving example of Noah's own time, that for the heavens, but the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is not getting born again. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up and seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what, what manner of persons ought ye to be in what all holy conversation and godliness looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise. We look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein, what? Dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our brother Paul also according to the wisdom given unto him and written unto us. Amen. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, that's wrestle, that they do also the other as they do the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest you also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ To him be what, be glory, both now and and forever. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Okay, so this good that they they're speaking about here. Glory to God. Um, that what I'm telling you about is the the good that pertains to God's. Or that which is good in the sight of God, or that which is good in the in the eyes of God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. There is. Um, now, of course, man has fallen below God, below the presence. Man fell below God's presence entirely but what God did was God sent goodness after man all right so it's not that's why not only in God's presence will you find goodness God can make a man outside the presence of God receive goodness all right it is that that goodness is is a a goodness of introduction It's an introduction to goodness that can, that can come. It is that introduction that brings what you call peace. Peace. Amen. It's, it's, but, but there is the peace with God that man must have to come into the goodness of God. Right, but before that, there is a goodness that brings peace. Or it's the, the goodness of peace, which is the goodness of Christ's nature, right? Uh, I think, was it in the book of Job or something where he was saying, acquaint yourself and be at with... said, acquaint yourself with him and be at peace, right? And, um, and then what will happen? I think, so shall good. Thereby good shall come. Job 22, verse 21. Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Praise God. Of course, this peace is, is peace with God, which you have... And then thereby shall good shall come unto thee. So there is a good that comes because you are at peace with God. Yes, All right, that goodness that comes because you are at peace with God is the goodness of God Himself. That goodness of God is a is a is a nature, is an attribute of God. You see the psalmist how many times in the Psalm he will say that for the Lord is good. Bless the Lord for his good, and his mercy endures forever. Multiple, different chapters, multiple times. It's like he's tying his, the goodness. That Lord is the Lord God, right? That he said he is good, and his mercy endures forever. So that mercy that endures forever is, a, is an attribute of the goodness of God. He is good and his mercy endures forever. So is that endurance of mercy is talking about his everlasting nature. So you can summarize that as his goodness. Right, he's a standard of God. That goodness, the nature of goodness. So when God is pronouncing good at the beginning, you saw he was creating things and calling them good, good. It is a, a standard, is a quality, of mind that he had. Is that these things, those creatures which he created, he put some kind of everlasting, kind of uh, attribute on them that makes them good. And all those things he made, if he made heaven and earth, if he he stays. And it doesn't come, it will remain the way it is. If he doesn't move it away, he has to, like a vesture, he will take them down. Because there's an element of goodness. So, goodness, so you cannot separate goodness from lasting. That is the way God defines goodness. That what is good is something that lasts. It will. Last is a quality that it doesn't degenerate in itself. Praise God. Say, lasting. 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 That lasting tendency. So when God saw His light, He made light. Let there be light. Light came. He checked the light. Now, this light can last. That's what God was looking at. When He made the cosmos, there's something, there's a nature about the earth. Check the earth, it has a wisdom to it, it regenerates itself. Look at how the, the creatures he made. Right? They are, there's a way the creatures, it's an ecosystem with how they, they continue. They just continue, just leave them, they will continue. Different species serve, the, serve other ones. There's a relationship, it's, a, it's an ecosystem that has the ability, you know, there's something inherent about the creation which God made that should make it continue. Like the sun going, coming up and then going down. You see that thing? That is an everlasting kind of, of thing. It's like, it's not, this thing can never stop. The this, this sun can never change its mind from rising. The earth can't say, I'm no longer going around the sun, or give me something else to go around. The earth must revolve around its axis every day. It must take a trip around the sun every year. It can't it can say I'm not going this year. It must go. Every single year, it must go around the sun. What is keeping the when you look at the solar system is a type of goodness. Right? It's a type of what? Goodness. It is it is the way it was created. It, is, it continues in the same state that it was what? The same way it was created. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So that's a type of goodness, the way God sees goodness, is that God sees it as an everlasting nature, a nature that will continue. Praise God. It would take, in other words, it would take. Um, it doesn't get, uh, it doesn't get tempted. Uh, it, it, let me take an example of a, of an everlasting nature. It can't get tempted by something lower. Do you get? It cannot do what. It's a sign of, that's a sign of something that is not good. Like the Bible will say, that God doesn't tempt any man. Because God knows that if he tempts you, you will fall. God should not be tempting men. It's not right. It's not, it's not something that should occur. Do you get? So, he said God does not tempt, it's not tempt any man. Amen. Amen. But he said that every man is tempted. When he is led away by his own loss. Now what are those laws? Those loss are things that are below man. Are you, are you understanding me? That is that's what makes... Now I'm not saying an everlasting... When you say everlasting, it doesn't mean nothing can break that. It just means it takes something higher. You get it takes something. it takes something higher than, like when you an everlasting creature of the heavens came down to man, a man could not resist him. So it's like a god tempting a man. It's like you get know what I'm saying. Adam couldn't he couldn't refuse or resist that kind of a, a temptation. But Adam had been on the earth for some time. He wasn't tempted by the earth. He was never tempted to go and do things and explore. It was lower than him. Are you seeing that? That's the difference. But today, men today can be tempted by anything. Anything. The most useless thing can tempt a man and he will fall. He will have lost for it. Are you seeing that that thing? That's a sign that a man is not good. God wants to where you start, get to a point at least where it takes something higher higher. It will take something higher. With a higher, everlasting strength. Like what do you think it would take to break the movement of the sun of the earth around the sun? The earth can't can't get tempted by another planet. I say, Can we exchange orbit? I like your own state where you stay. Is dead to that. It will take a higher f- power. Like the Bible says, it will be the face of God who will move it. Do you understand me? Who will move it out of the way. But when a soul is out as falling below goodness, that soul can be moved Way. That is the the concept of variableness. Right? The standard of goodness in God is, I said, beginning, is that there should be no variableness. Let's read that place in um, the book of James that every good, this is still at James chapter 1, right? Praise God. It says, let no man um, say, glory to God James 1 verse so we're reading verse 14 before right Mm. okay let's just go up a little bit thank you Jesus you can read the whole chapter, there's no time again, I'm sorry, but a lot of, um, James said a lot of things here that um, pertain to, to these thoughts. He spoke about a double-minded man, remember, in verse eight, right, that, a, a, that is unstable in all his ways. He spoke about the grass in verse 11, right? See that for the sun is not no sun rising with the burning heat, but it withereth the grass. See this, so it means that the sun has power to wither the grass, because the sun is stronger than the grass. Amen. Amen. And the flower thereof falleth, and the grass, the grace of the fashion of it, the grace of the fashion of the grass perishes, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways, but blessed is the man that endureth temptation, that is, this is a man that is moved from being tempted, the man that can resist temptation, such a man is blessed, because when he is tried, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has appointed to them that would love him, and they let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, Neither tempted he, anyone, any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his, what, own lust and enticed. So you see that thing of being enticed by things. Praise God. Being enticed by what? Things is the problem. It's what stops men from coming into the, what he calls here is the crown of life. Crown means, is what is given for, is a reward for mastery. When, you, when you've mastered life, you receive the word, the crown of life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it says that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust had conceived, it bringeth forth sin. You see how sin comes. It's by the, the conception of lust. And sin, when it is finished, so lust is conceived. Then you conceive lust. Lust will bring forth sin. Now sin has works. When when sin is is finished, the works of sin are done. You will receive what they call the wages of sin. You get paid for the for sin. That and the Bible says the wages of sin is the word is It say so when it is finished. It bringeth forth, what? Death. Verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. Verse 17, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither what, shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of what of his creature. See every, every good gift and every perfect gift every perfect is, from above. is from above. So it cometh down from the Father of lights. Every good and every perfect gift um, are those gifts are gifts from Him. It cometh down from the Father. What are the gifts? They are His properties. First, His property of having no variableness and secondly having what no shadow of turning amen amen To have no variableness is to be free from lust. If you have lust, you will vary. Now there is something, let me show you what lust is now. Lust, this temptation they are speaking about here is not the kind of temptation that This is not Adam's kind of temptation. It's different. What this temptation they are speaking about here is a temptation of of your own lust. Every man is tempted when he is carried away by his word by his own, when he is when drawn away of his own lust, and then what? And then enticed. His own lust means lust that is, that is in the person, in the soul. And that's the, the program of the world, is to keep lust in men. If you can keep lust in men, sin is guaranteed. Lust is A pregnancy. Is an impregnation is that when when that lost you can call it desire when lost is conceived it will then is guaranteed it will bring forth sin praise God Hallelujah. so the what the presence of lusts in men make men bad it is lusts that stop men from continuing, or that that stop the life of men from continuing, the existence of of lost on the inside of them. And what is the um the now the the Bible speaks about lost in the world. First John chapter two, we said that um these, these are the things if any man love the world, the love of the Father is what is not in him. Praise God. Now, if the love of the Father is not in you, of course, you cannot receive the crown of life, which He spoke about. It's crown of life that is given to them, that love. I do what for crown of life is the dominion of life, or it's a sign of the dominion of life, or you call it the reign of life. Right, that dominion of life or the reign of life is a is a higher reign than sin. Amen. 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 Now, lusts are what you call the world. Really, what is in the world? You say, "Ah, the world is sin." That is, world. Well, yeah, it's sin. But how? What is the how? Does the world does not carry sins? Sins are they come from men. It's men who who generate sin. Do you get what the world carries are lusts? That is actually what the, the world is potent with. So he said these are the things that are in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and then what? The pride of life of life. Another word for the pride of life is the lust of life. Is pride is another kind of lust as well. There's not there is no pride. Pride is is a is a, is, a, is an attachment to something. it that has to do with oneself. It right? is a very is a more sophisticated kind of lust. It's higher than loss of the eyes and lust of the of, and lust of the flesh. Glory to God. Is the a lot of loss of the loss of the flesh? They are, they are, they are majorly lost to have. Are you getting that's mostly lost to have? Pride is different. Pride is lost to be. Is higher. Is more unclean. Is another kind of loss. It's not wanting to to reach to get things. It's wanting to to be. Wanting to express. Is that inward pushing of oneself? but they are all lost glory to God Hallelujah. now anything that has that has lost anything that has lost anything that has lost is is position towards perishing right that perishing lost a uh, loss is the kind of pregnancy which the soul takes, right, that will, it guarantees sin. If you are impregnated with a lust, right, they will just drop the loss and leave you. You will go. It doesn't matter where you go. It's that when it is conceived, it will bring forth sin. And when sin has done its work, so that sin will now, so every loss is an impregn- it's a pregnancy that will will be born. So lost will bring forth sin. Sin just means sin is a, sin is uh, a kind of, it's it's a specification. you can have an array of sin. These are sins, different kind of sins. They are not all the same. Every sin has its DNA, right? What, What is sin? Sin is the breakdown of the different genes. Of which the devil has discharged into the world. Yeah. Right? You get. Or now for sin that sin are children. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, Sins are what? Children. Sins are children. Uh, but every child called sin is born according to what lust is conceived. Yes. So it will bring forth sin. Wow. Right? And every child is, does a work according to a pattern. Is a work. Every sin that has been conceived by a man is working. It will be, it's, a, it's a program to, be, to behave a certain way. It will just, it's like you it just start working. Then you see death is a consequence of the work which sin is doing. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? So you see that, that whole program I just described to you, I just described the program of corruption, right? What is corruption? Corruption means force or operation against good. That which corrupts. You say you, you put a good thing here. After a while, it has spoiled. Why? It because of there is a corruption. Are you seeing that? That Peter refers to it as the corruption that is in the world through lust. Lust is the is the potency, is the is the bullet of of corruption? Right? Once you, once they can, if you can put a lust in a person, you spoil them. Do you get? So, religion positions men against sins, which it detects, but religion is blind concerning lust. Why is it religion blind concerning love? Because lust is a seed. Lust is like, it's almost like an invisible, like if you take like the semen of a man, you can't see anything there. It's through microscope that you know, ah, there are things swimming inside that, you know. When you look at the microscope, have you seen the, the drawing of a spermatozoa before? It's like a creature. It has a head, it has a, a body that, dan- that dances. But when you see it with your naked eyes, you can't see anything. You need a microscope. That's what lust is. Religion can never see lust. So under a cloud of, a religious cloud, lust can still be impregnating men. You can have Christians who are, who are hearing the word, who are doing all kinds of things, but they don't, don't have that resistance against what? Against lust. If, when a soul has been raised be able to detect lust and to stop receiving lusts from the world that is the help that's a great help for the soul it's not easy to get the soul to that place praise Jesus amen amen Amen. 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 corruption the Bible calls it the corruption that is in the world, in the world. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. But that will not happen until there's an escape. So now what is this divine nature based on what I've been describing here ah sorry please let's wrap up quickly so answer me there's something I'm just trying to settle I know we have all we all have things to do we have we have plans to go and do things but can we allow something to settle here amen praise God what is it this divine nature here one answer. Sorry. Say it again. The completion Sorry, what did you say? Of what of holiness. Goodness. OK, OK, OK. embodiment of goodness. Simple goodness. <laughs> Why are we all quiet? Um, Because I I don't know if you are listening to me. I can just start preaching from the beginning again. If I'm asking questions and nobody's answering. Amen. Now, mind you what I'm doing. Don't get tired. Okay? I know you all know these things. No, no. If if you don't know it, then you've not been listening to messages. We are supposed to know all these things. There's nothing i said here that nobody here should not know. You get what I'm saying? But, But... None of you, we don't have the change. We don't know. We have not received the, the seed of these things have not entered into us. And it's not entirely unless it's preached to you. It has to be preached to you. That's one thing you must be careful of. Don't position your heart. You know that kind of feeling. You we know, you, you know these things. You know, we are going home, all those things. You have plans. Don't think about what you are going to do if you are here. Do you get know what I'm saying? There's a reason why. They're trying to explain it. I've taught, I went and I went and I thought about, thought about lusts. Every time, this is my message. I keep teaching it every time. It's for a reason, it's to deal with. It. We need to understand how our, how, how, do, when, you, when you find yourself in a cycle, you keep doing the same thing. You don't like to do them. You are pregnant with something. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah. It's not, ah, let me stop. You don't understand. You, you can't be carrying seed inside of you. And can you get pregnant and say you won't give birth? It's a natural course. You'll be giving birth. You, will. you can have twins or triplets if you don't know how to. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? Amen. So what they are saying here is that you will not be a partaker. That word partaker means to take part. This part they are speaking of here are... The portion of those gifts. What is it? Every good. There are many, actually, but every good gift. There are many good gifts, and there are many perfect gifts that come down from above, from the Father of Light, with whom there is no variableness and there is no shadow of what of of turning. But to partake of those gifts, there is a kind of escape which the soul will have. Now, they are not telling you, this is not talking about how to, be, to come into the fullness of the divine nature. How to fully receive all the gifts. They are telling you the qualification of partaking. Inside partaking, there are many things. They are, to partake of it, you must be able to receive this doctrine. And you must receive this doctrine. And the doctrine has to be able to stick in your heart. There are things that is the way your heart must be. It's very difficult to take a heart that's pregnant with lusts and make that soul a carrier and a keeper of doctrines of the divine life. It will not find a place. It will not find relevance. It won't have a space. There will be no context within the vessel to carry them. And, I, and more, even more difficult, the spirit of the life. Do you get what I'm saying? There is an there's an escape that must occur. That escape is escaping of the corruption that is in the world. Now, how do you escape the corruption that's in the world? You must escape the bullet of corruption. It's through lust. You see that lost there? You must have skill. That's the, the, the gospel of Christ. The teaching of Christ is to, is to program you in inward movement. That escapes the bullet of lust.
0: That
1: is a sign of a Christ. You see charity life. You see, being patient, kind, long-suffering. There are ways of... Don't be those things. You will not escape lust. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You see what charity is spelling out for you to be? They actually escape. See, you need to see all those things as escape any life life living outside long suffering right is sticking to a target spot of lost any position you take refusing suffering that comes from the dealing of Christ in that place lost will find you there that place where you are hiding there's lost in that place are you understanding me if you reject kindness keeping an account of wrongs are you seeing all of those things? What else? Vaunted not itself. It's not puffed up. Are you, are you seeing all those? And I've, we've, we've spoken a bit about those things that they are spirits, actually. That the soul must find a way to access. You must, must labor with the doctrine of it and then move into the grace of it. Move into the spirit of such nature and pursue them. Because in doing that, when they are, they are doing it, they are training your soul for escaping so the, the ability to escape lost right this thing is the is it is it is the kind of blessing that comes to souls that are that have made the presence of God their target by but what do I mean by that they want to come into the goodness of God but where you are, there's a good that will come to you where you are. That goodness is what is the good that is in what we call the gospel of Christ. Right? Two gospels. There is a, the gospel of God, which is the gospel of every good gift and every perfect gift. The word gospel means good news. A gospel means package of good. Gospel means the, the gospel is the vehicle with which the Transmit goodness how to for delivery of goodness. That's the reason for the gospel is to deliver goodness, but there is goodness of God, which the gospel of God delivers. Right? The gospel of God is the gospel of salvation. Isaiah chapter 52. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. Amen. What are good tidings? They are tidings, right, of good. Good tidings that at peace. Then good tidings of good. So it's clear that the good tidings of good are, are broken down into good and perfect. When you say something is perfect, perfect is, means good. Can something be perfect without being good so the word perfect also means good but it's good with equality so when is every good gift every perfect gift comes from above we're talking about it's all goodness everything about god's life is goodness amen so that published good tidings of good that then so this good tidings of good is the are the tidings that brings salvation that publishes salvation, that said unto Zion, what? Thy God reign. So the gospel, if you take, let's take that first gospel, which is the good tidings that publish peace. This peace, they want to publish peace in the souls of men. If they can't publish peace in your soul, you cannot partake of the divine nature. There is a, there's a posture of peace. what is this peace? this peace here means escape of corruption Do you see that It's a state of peace if you have not escaped corruption, you cannot be at peace how what what do I mean by that if you have not become come to a place where you are not you have become Im- Unimpregnable by lust. That's what—that's the, the 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 blessing of Christ. It makes the the soul unimpregnable. It's it's you, are, you a Christ refuses to take lost as his own. That's a sign of a Christ. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. You refuse to take loss. Okay, what is lost? What is lost? Hmm? Can you explain lost to me? What is lost? Hmm? Sorry? Yes, ma? (laughs) Yes. It's a seed of the world. Praise God. Thank you as perfect the seed of the world But okay how do you how do you um, what what does lust appear like sir it's, it's desire Appealing. appeal appeal right desire I love the word desire. Yeah. Of course, if something appeals to you, because there is something called desire, yeah. so it means that you must be careful with desires. See, yes. just just think about your life. <laughs> then, you know that thing of wanting something. Yeah. That. Thing. I think the might have used the word desire in that, James, I don't know. But uh, the word desire, that wanting to have yeah. something or wanting something. Yeah. Now, not every desire is lost. Right? Not every desire is lost. There are some, there are some lusts, and this is the, the danger. There's so much about lusts. And they need to remove all the lusts that we have. Amen. That's part of, the, 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 part of the, the main purpose of the gospel of Christ is to x-ray lust, to teach you lust. When you're teaching Christ to you, they will show you your desires yes. and begin to bring discernment about your desires. Now, some of the lusts that, uh, that have, uh, have being expressed now in our lives... So many of us, some of the laws that have been expressed now, you didn't conceive it today. You don't conceive today and give birth today. That's the way the world is. You will not know, you can, a, conce- a loss can be conceived now that will get born in five years. Maybe in five years' time, it's time to move into something. Contrary desires will just begin to arise. And you might not have known that this thing is there, has been there. That's why there are many things we have to be careful with your, with your endeavors. Be careful with your environment, with your friends. Be careful with many, many things because of that thing of being impregnable. When, when the gospel comes, the gospel of Christ comes, it's going, to, it's going to do two things. It's going to expose the lust that is in you, okay. that you are, the seed of lust you have you been carrying. You begin to see, ah, this is actually, this desire really is not really right. It's actually an evil this thing will give birth to sin one day very soon it might not have given birth yet but you will see the potential that's what the dna of Christ's gospel will do and also the dna of Christ's gospel will then teach you the because of that sense you have any loss you've seen is now difficult for you to take so it's two things It's keeping you safe from loss that you haven't been impregnated with, but they are still lost in the soul that you already have. That the, the gospel of Christ have to. What is how does that gospel do that? The gospel must it will teach you, it will define to you what is good. Do you understand? It will make you what? Know what is clearly, it will define goodness to you. It's an orientation towards goodness. That's the gospel of Christ. Praise Jesus.
0: Hallelujah.
1: So, when you're you getting spiritual, the main sign of your spirituality is how you know that you are becoming strong. Check your ability to to your ability to to see and judge your desires your ability to see and do what judge your desires you should to begin to see clearly how somebody who hasn't had done a lot of work in this area will find it difficult partake of divine nature the problem with divine nature is that when it's coming see that good tidings of good that bring salvation when it's coming it always has problems with desire in men it always that's where it, it, the main most difficult challenge of everlasting life god's life is it's hard to awaken desire for it. I mean when I say desire, I'm not saying ah, we know that this is God's life. We know the Bible has said it, so we are going for it. You can say that that's not desire. Desire is is a spirit, is a is a motivation, is a is a, a desire it clings to your life it's something that you you inherently hold it you have you have desire has its own strength of appetite yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. you don't have to force it you don't have to you don't have to think okay yeah this is right thing to do and all that you know it comes from the on the inside you there's a recognition that this thing is good it's good Praise God. But there are many things that we desire, right, that takes the place of the space in our heart where, where what? Where the desire for God's life is supposed to sit. That lack of a space where God can put his seed Hmm? is the or having space where God can put his seed is what you call peace with God. You have that when in your heart you have space for God's life. You have space for God's life. You, You won't get tired. You will anywhere God's life is being mentioned you go there, you gravitate there it's not by force, not by compulsion, not a hey, let's do it quickly, have other things to do. You there is there is a, a longing,
0: yes.
1: an appetite, a zest for the life of God. If you're not finding that in you, and be honest with yourself, okay. I want you to begin to dig deeper. Right? And the gospel of christ will help you do that begin to dig deeper and and what are the things in you know what i mean in your in your heart that is occupying that space praise jesus the lord will help us and he will give us grace and strength father we thank you we bless your holy name just pray a little bit. And,
0: uh... Uh, amen. We we'll still
1: pray just a little bit. Um, I want to say something. Um, lost. The thing with lost is that. Lost does not appear sinful, at least to the consciousness of the person. It doesn't accept, appear sinful. Um, lost is like you see. No, it says why men slept, the enemy came to sow. That. How lust enters the heart and impregnates the heart. Most times, we don't know, we actually don't know. It's not like you, you're absent-minded, but it's that when you're taking that lust, you, don't, you normally don't see it as lust. Do you get, that's one of the difference between lust and sin. By the time lust has, has conceived, and it brings forth sin, and then sin is now working. When sin is working, sin works depending on the amount of light the person has. You can have the ability to see it. But once it's seen and you see that it's sin, it doesn't mean that you have the ability to stop it. Because it takes grace to stop sin. Do you get what I'm saying? So sin, depending on how much light you have, Sin can still be manifest. Sin is more manifest than lost. Even though sin is spiritual, and sin can be very hidden and invisible. Uh, but when you, if you think of how lost enters the heart, lost, when it's been sown, it does not look like it gets so, I just want us to pray well. Don't, don't think of this lost as those things you know that you normally lost after, no. Most of the things that you know you lost after, many of them are sins you are dealing with. Yes, there is program for that. You get what I mean? Yes, but what wanting heaven is to deliver you from is that program of lust. It's true lust. You see the power of corruption. Is is that was okay, let them be, be dealing with their sin. As long as my program of impregnating men with lust is continuing. Loading men with lusts so that they can be around the waters of revelation. The, the machinery of sin will continue because it's just giving birth after what the seed that has been taken in. Are you understanding me? So that's why when I, I was trying to get down to what lust means, that thing about desire. So there's a way you, you now need to be careful. Be careful. The, the, the best place to apply your spiritual knowledge is in the place of your desire. Yeah. Right, that thing. Don't, don't take any of your desire for granted. You know, that there's a way that when we are not spiritually... Um, you're not very spiritually... When you're spiritually lazy, you will give yourself a space for this just normal stuff. Yes, you, know, that, you know that feeling of this is just, you know... This is not spirituality now. This is just my thing, maybe my personal life, my preference for this, my preference for that. This, you know those kind of areas that we don't allow the conversation of Christ to come into because we feel this is just normal thing. You know, why do I like this thing? Why do I prefer this? Why do I prefer to do this? Why do I prefer to spend my time and my effort into this more than that? A lot of times we don't question that area. But that's where lust comes in. That's the door, where the door of lust is. Do you understand me? That, 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 that to, be a, to be spiritual, you have to have, and that thing, it's not easy, it takes courage. It, it actually, it takes courage, number one, to even admit desire. First of all, to admit that there is a desire for this thing here. And then to bring a conversation in that place of your desire and begin to speak. Can we now begin to, share? let's subject this to the light of Christ. And let's see what does Christ have to say about this desire. It is this a desire that can stay in my heart. What is the root of this desire? Where is, it? Where is it coming from? What is this desire coming to sponsor in my life? What Are you getting those questions? Yes, if you know the sign that i know that we began to do this more questions will begin to arise questions will begin to arise There are many things that we've been doing begin to ask "Ah, why why have i been doing this thing like this is that should i is actually okay for me to be this passionate in this way or have this kind of preference no things that we just normally do you know, because it's in those things. That's what frames your person. Yeah. Your, your personality, your uniqueness, is a summary of your desires, your preferences. That's what it... When you add them up, it shapes you, it frames you a certain way. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But if you can't question your life at that level, like you are, you are fighting a losing battle, you, you find that you're always catching, playing catch-up spiritually. Things have already happened. Hey, how did they happen? Post-mortem. Let's do, what do you call it? Autopsy. You're always doing autopsy. Don't always be doing autopsy. Take medicine sometimes. Do you understand what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is even beyond taking medicine, it's healthy. Don't wait till you are sick. You know taking medicine is dealing with your sins but you don't have to be your your your, don't don't get impregnated with lust to start with are you understanding what i'm saying here Mm. glory to god father we thank you see the word of god is quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing the divide in a sunder of soul and spirit and then what joints and marrow and it's it's a discerner of the thought that's one thing and then see intent 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 we need to journey into your intents and open a door of conversation in your intentions that deep place and let the lord begin to speak there just pray a little bit that the lord will begin to 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 endow your heart with with grace for for this level of of spiritual precision, the wisdom, the grace, the courage, to allow the the tide of the gospel, the water of the gospel to travel deep, deep into the the realm of your your appetites, of your desires, of your intents that you allow the sword of God's word to pierce deep to bring discernment. Amen. I see what, what the Lord wants to do is he wants to, to release a new lease of life. It's actually a fresh it's like a, a, a booster that will come that will go, come into your heart. You know that first Timothy describes charity. He said that he calls it charity. It says the end of the commandment. When you are approaching the end of the commandment, He calls it, is what? Charity out of a pure heart and then of a good conscience. You see that word there, what He calls good conscience. Good conscience. That good conscience is a conscience. The conscience, there is the deepest place of the heart. The conscience is the, is where, is, is what permits or dis- approves or disapproves your desires, your intent. They saying that that place has to be good. You see, that, that conscience is the seat of charity. They're telling you where charity flows out from. Right? That, that's, when you see somebody who has charity, um, someone with charity is not is not flowing, where they flow from is not avoidance of sin. Right, that's not, you No, know, that's one place to flow from. You can flow from that place, trying to avoid sinning, but you will be making mistakes still. You will not be, you won't have a pure heart. What he calls a pure heart is the depth of motives. See, all those things about charity flows from, it. the root of charity is deep within the heart. So you don't start like this in one day. But the thing is that your, your journey to in, in Christ is progressive. There are some things, before, at first they will just in the spirit. It's because and this, this thing can happen in the journey of Christ. Why souls might not arrive at charity? Because the definition of the depth at which the work is taking place. So when you are getting to charity, you'll be doing less of obvious... Energy is going to less of obvious things. Most of the time, it's the judging of the intent of your heart, yes, the checking of your motives, the, the weighing of your desires. Those, you know, I describe charity, those hidden decisions that nobody can see. That's what it calls a good conscience. And anything below that... God does not see it. When God is looking for a man of charity, is is through weighing of the conscience, right? That that two-edged sword that is sharp. God will, will go when he, when he's going checking for sins. He won't stop at the level of your, the, the sins that have been born, has been born from your soul. God will look deeper and now check the intent of the heart. He will weigh the conscience. That. that that your the pool of your desires that's where god reads it that's where he finds he looks <laughs> for peace
0: Hi.
1: that secret place of the heart are you understanding me yes, sir. so when they want to open up the worm of god's life to us it means that our you see your righteousness must be high Jesus will say, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the pharisees no." jesus had that sense when that guy came to him, the rich young ruler, you know, the first thing he called him, "Good master." Jesus saw his approach and said, "Let me teach you guys about something. Don't call me good. Only God is good." He was bringing a sense of level, or when it comes to goodness and the heart, only God. Don't call me. Even though he was good, but he's trying to teach something that actually goodness belongs to God. Then he came down to his level and began to give him instructions about the law. Okay, start from here. Keep this, keep that, keep this, keep that. The guy said, I've done all these things. Okay, next level. Go and take all you have. And then, it means that when he now comes to selling everything, that there are ties that what he has, as to depth of his heart. That is beyond giving, uh, sorry, what are the things they told him not to do? Don't, um, five laws he gave to him. That those laws can't, you can keep those laws, but there are depths in your heart that are tied to other normal stuff, yes.
0: Yes.
1: like just normal things that you have. Yes. Are you understanding what I'm trying to yes, tell you? Sir. That was a, a teaching of Jesus. Glory to God.
0: Hallelujah. Say
1: good conscience.
0: Good conscience.
1: The Lord will help us. Yeah. He will, uh, the Lord will interpret this message. I feel I might not preach very well today because I'm not feeling fine, but I feel this is a key message. If you can listen to this message in this time, if you're able to take it and just wait on it, let the Holy Spirit minister it to you. You see, he will just begin to show you things about your, your heart, things that have been previously ignored. You know, and it's not one day, but heed to his voice, heed to his word, and you will see, they will show you a new, a new pathway of development. The secret to arrive at this end of the commandment. You will get there. Amen. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We bless your name. Worship you. Father, we pray that you are the one who you say you watch over your word to perform it. You are the one who performs your word. No man can hear your things and do them by themselves but we still have to rely upon your spirit and depend on your spirit. Lord, I ask, O oh God, that the quest in our heart which this word has raised, O oh Lord, send your spirit
0: Amen.
1: to walk them out.
0: Amen. Father,
1: I pray that no soul will be without the means, Amen. without the opportunity, Amen. without the grace, Amen. and without the strength to have these things actualized. In our life, thank you, our Father. We thank you for utterance, We thank you for grace and strength, even to listen to you. Thank you, our God. We give all the praise to your holy name in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. God. You dwell between the
0: cherubim, shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim, shine forth.